A sloppy game filled with turnovers led to a disappointing finish for the Pitt Panthers against Boston College on Saturday. Was the defense tired after putting up incredible numbers all year long, or were the four turnovers too much for the team to overcome? We look at the cause of this ugly finish to the season and more on this week's Hail to Pit podcast. about finishing it in these final 30 minutes. Well, you know, it happened in, it happened in West Virginia. We're knocked off number two. It happened in South Carolina. It's happened in Pittsburgh today. Our guys had a lot of guts tonight. We're just going to keep getting better. I mean, it's just that's what it is. Good. One hill game that you will never, ever forget. We shocked the world. Hail to Pitt. Hail to Pitt. This is the week of December 7th. And this is the Hail to Pit Podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Vince. And I'm Pam. Oh, yikes. That was a depressing end of the season. Only a few weeks ago, we were talking Orange Bowl. And now, we're talking maybe the worst. We're going to try to sort it all out today. Woof. At least finals week's coming up. Pam. I know it's not the best time of year right now, seeing how Pitt football's done the last two weeks, but we'll have some positivity on today's show, won't we? Oh, yeah. A bunch of the other sports are, are doing very, very well, so um, they will make our show positive because of their success, not the football team. Yep. It, Pitt Athletics is more than just the football team, but Vince, really, they are the 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 team that we measure our, our, I guess our joy and, and despair against. And uh, right now I'd probably say the majority of Pitt Panther fans, not in a good mood. Yeah. Yeah. It, it drives the bus for sure. And uh, it, it seems to have dr- driven off a cliff uh, these past two weeks. <laughs> uh, not a lot of positivity uh, surrounding the football team, but we're going to try to put a positive spin on it today. We will, and we'll sort it out. We'll talk pit hoops, talk uh, men's and women's. We'll talk volleyball and everything going on with the Pit Panthers. You can follow us at H2P Show on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, we hope you and your family had a very happy and uh, full Thanksgiving. Uh, I know I did. I'm just getting over it. I feel like I nap harder the rest of the year after Thanksgiving and Especially with finals coming up for any Pitt students listening. This is a happy time of year. Stressful, but the the end of the tunnel is very near. And uh, Pam, we got the email address cooking as well for everybody to hit us up to. Yeah, hail to Pitt podcast at gmail.com. We want to know your thoughts on everything and uh, some ideas for next week. We will give our regular season review, maybe uh share some topics you want us to hit on as we wrap up the pit football season next week in full conclusion. Yeah. Holler at us and let us know also what bowl game you're hoping for. I mean, I, I it's, it's not really the pick of the litter, but we'll discuss some of it today. And of course, next week we'll have a bowl game to talk about as uh, that matchup will get set for pit on Sunday. And of course we always appreciate any feedback you give us on any social media at H2P show, like we said, but also on Reddit, uh, on Panther Lair, uh, we're there, we're everywhere talking pit sports. So appreciate you engaging with us and uh, subscribe to the show. Of course, leave a review and tell any pit fans you know about the program, as Vince likes to say. Quick news tidbits, like I said, uh, finals next week for pit students. Uh, very stressful time of year. Could we maybe attribute that to the pit football team's lack of performance? I don't know. I'm not making any excuses for anybody. All I'm saying is that there's construction in front of the cathedral and nobody's in a good mood, Vince. <laughs> no, this, this is a, a, a stressful time of year. Maybe not the most stressful week, but uh, it, it's certainly approaching that. Uh, also, we'll be talking pit men's hoops. Uh, but real quick, shout out to them as they got some wins under their belt uh, since we last convened, Pam. They're number 69 in the Kempom rankings. 
very nice uh, that they've you know jumped up into the into the standings there, and that's a very very well respected uh, analytical look at the at the college basketball rankings uh, according to Ken Palm, who's very you know very world renowned when it comes to college hoops. Yeah, some people use strictly Ken Palm rankings when they pick their brackets at the end of the year. It's very uh, people will look at uh, the analytics if they're wagering a little bit on games as well or just trying to prove a point is what seems better so <laughs> um them climbing up is is great in those rankings yeah and they're 59 in some other rankings but ken palm is really the standard and the fact that Pitt's there just shows you how big these wins they've gotten are that we're going to talk about and that they the numbers are now supporting uh the the notion that Pitt men's hoops is on the rise and last little piece of news here, before we dive into the football game, Pitt lost to Boston College. The insult to injury uh, after that game is that BC beat Pitt, and then they said, wow, what a win, and they fired their coach. <laughs> Steve Adazio gone uh, from Ch- uh, Chestnut Hill there, Vince. Um, that that just makes Pitt look worse, I think. It, it, doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't really matter, but the fact that a team beat you and then they just fired their coach is just kind of, ugh. I did, I did not see that coming, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, uh, on uh, whenever that was, uh, late Sunday, uh, my goodness, I I was shocked, but but also now it kind of explains why. I don't know if you saw his on the field interview after the game. Um, probably not, right? You you both were there, but. Uh, Adazio was like almost in tears after the game. Like it wasn't that emotional of a victory for them. I didn't think watching as a fan, but uh, he was really, you know, uh, t- you know, very emotional. He, he was on the verge of tears pretty much. And they did go, they got their win to go bowling. That was big, but yeah. And now he doesn't get to enjoy it. He'll be gone. And uh, that just makes the pit program look ugh, just I don't know what the hell happened. Let's get into it. The last two weeks, Pam, uh, it really all season long was the same story each and every single game. And uh, in this game in particular, early on, you knew it wasn't going to be good when the same player was getting the the same penalty over and over again. Uh, And, you know, the Panthers also committed a bunch of turnovers and couldn't stop A.J. Dillon. It was just a mess. Yeah, this whole game from the start, you knew they weren't coming back. Quick word about Adazio. He's one of like the 10 college coaches that I actually like. So I think he'll land on his feet somewhere. Um, And they are, Boston College has been like 500. Um, I don't think he's ever had a winning season, but I know he's well respected amongst his players. So like you said, that's probably why he got a little emotional there. But A.J. Dillon just uh, ran through the Panthers um, throughout the whole game, and then especially in the second half of the fourth quarter when they needed a stop. And we talked about how I personally think he's top one of the top three running backs maybe in the nation, um, Top at least top five. You have him, you have J.K. Dobbins, you have Etienne, and um, uh, Jonathan Taylor from Wisconsin. So I think – AJ Dillon's right up there in that group. And I'd put him through this. He did. I'd put him. I will say just credit to the Canadian cowboy down there at Oklahoma state. I also would throw him in the mix with those, 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 there's your five right there. You're really good running backs. And yeah, he was just, I mean, the end of that game. I mean, that was, that was was just horrible. Grown up football player right there. He just looked on another level. He looked like how James Conner used to look going against some defenses where he just turned it on and they, there was no stopping him. Yeah, and, and you know, I mean, it, we're going to be focusing a lot on the offense, I think, talking about this game. But, you know, we can't necessarily give the defense a free pass, as you guys have pointed out. And, you know, uh, you know couldn't get the ball back uh, at the end of the game when needed to. And, and Pam, uh, something you brought up and said, that, you know, they were they were never in this game. Pitt did take the lead in the second half. But did you uh, feel good about that? Uh, well, no. Well, even if I did, it wasn't for very long because in three plays, Boston College had scored, uh, and, and that's something you know. You know, they finally got the lead. The defense could have really made a statement 
uh, and helped clamp down on this game and 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 got a stop, but they didn't. They gave the lead right back, and the Panthers were never, never able to recover. I knew the so game. I knew the game was over when Nolan Ulysio got two penalties in a row, Ugh. got pulled, and then his backup gave a sack. I just I threw my hands up and said, "One of those days," because that's when. And then the turnovers started rolling in. It was just a comedy of errors, and uh, I I mean I I just I don't understand how they were so unprepared. I mean. It's the same thing we've talked about all year. It's like lack of discipline or something. I don't I don't understand how they get so many penalties. Early in the game, too. I mean, it's just Right. So at home. At home. Yeah. Like you know, you know, they're in the they're down on the one yard line, uh, about to do a you know, look like a QB sneak, I think it was, and go in for a touchdown. There's a false start. It backs them up to the six yard line and they gotta settle for a field goal. I I mean just Killer penalties like that just hurt so bad. Uh, You think uh, Taser Mack not being on the field, I mean, it was noticeable, but how much of a factor do you think that was, Pam? I don't think it was much of a factor. One of my biggest issues on the offensive end, uh, offensive side of the ball this game, um, I know the offensive line was bad. I also thought Pickett held the ball too line. and that he held the ball too long. And I felt like he like stepped into some of the sacks that he took too at times. I just, he didn't look comfortable in that pocket either. Um, I feel like these were some of the issues he had very early on in the year and then improved upon. I felt like he felt back into that. I know the offensive line wasn't good, but the same time, even when Pickett was able to get some of the passes off, he just didn't look comfortable back there. Uh, and Boston College's defense is terrible. But <laughs> they were not very good this year. Uh, but yet somehow they got a lot of pressure on Pickett. Um, you know, I, I got to go back and rewatch the tape of this game, it, as hard as that may be. Ugh. Because, you know, I ah. thought... It, With a, a bottle of wine? Yeah, and a Pickett had a, had a... There was a bad interception, uh, from what I remember. Um, it, but And I thought he played and not his best game. But then I looked at the stats and, you know, he was 30 for 40 for over 300 yards. That's why you can't just look at stats. Well, that's what I'm saying. You know, it it seemed like he played much worse than what the numbers would have indicated. But, you know, if you look at that in a 75% completion percentage on 40 passes, that would, that would indicate that his accuracy was pretty good. Uh, So I'm not quite sure what to make of it. You know, to me, you know, the drop passes, and uh, like the pen- penalties that you alluded to, Alan, as long as the turnovers, especially some of those fumbles in the second half, A.J. Davis fumbling that ball uh, when Pitt looked like it was finally getting something going. I mean, that that to me is is kind of really what lost this game. I'm not going to put this on, on this loss on Kenny Pickett uh, or him being the reason that the that the offense was, was sputtering. I don't think. No, but. Also, I think it was just a whole combination of bad things that the offensive line, the penalties, the fumbles, and then the fact that they couldn't run the ball really even. They didn't really try. No, they didn't. And that's that's two weeks in a row where we saw very little commitment to the running game. And honestly, not even that upset about that because I feel like Pitt, you know, without the turnovers they, they and, the, and the penalties start stalling drives like – I think they could have moved this ball. They moved the ball a bit on the uh, on this defense, this not great defense. And, you know, next week when we do our season review, I think ultimately uh, I'm not uh, of the opinion that, oh, my God, this Whipple offense has to go, and I, I don't want to see it again. I do want to see it again. I just want to know how you're going to fix all of the, the mistakes and, and why they happened because the penalties and the turnovers were – horrible and he had two freshmen in this game commit uh some of the turnovers and i mean this late in the season i don't care if you're a freshman you you shouldn't be you shouldn't be holding the ball like a loaf of bread you need to be aware there's just so such a lack of awareness all over that offense all season long and this might have been i'm gonna say the worst loss for them at least as a unit all season long and that's saying something pam 
Oh, yeah. I think it's easily their worst loss. Because even though, I mean, as a unit, even though the only other one I'd put up there might be Miami. Um, but we all, I had a weird feeling about that game going into it. This, I felt like, okay, let's end the season on a high note. At least their defense is littered with NFL talent. This was right. Their Boston defense College. is up there with one of their top talents. Well, well you got to say last week against Virginia Tech, they were shut out. So, but it, even it, then, though, their defense is good. Yeah, and that was Bud Foster's last game, Vince. I'll give him a pass. Even. Oh, I, I, in the I rain. forgot about that. Yeah. In the rain. Yeah. In the rain. <laughs> was home do we have frank beamer coming on in the booth <laughs> this was home against boston college with a lame duck coach at the end of eight the year point favorite eight point favorite you know weather was not really a factor and you played like it what you were in blacksburg for bud foster's last game that offense played like wait you were in the stands were you guys were you booing the the offense when they were on the field trying to get in their heads or something why were they so bad i i don't know why they were so bad uh you know you know one thing i will say about narduzzi you know is you know and we're going to probably be talking about this next week and there's already people talking about this is you know how you know yeah he hasn't had the best of records here but if you look in terms of games that he's supposed to win he has done very well uh, but Except, this was, you know, mm-hmm. North Carolina aside, he's done very well in games that he's supposed to win. He hasn't lost very many of those. This was certainly one of them. And it just, this just seems at a really bad time. You know, it, it, a home game, you know, at, uh, you know, in, in year five of this regime with, with the talent that this team has, it, you shouldn't have these kind of performances. You really shouldn't. Ethan. You think they'll fire Narduzzi and hire Adazio? <laughs> I didn't think about that, but there's probably some people out there that, well, that, that would be all for it. Well, I, I went around. I mean, I went deep into the pitter net after that game. I didn't see anybody saying that, at least. But uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. But yeah, the 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 heat check the the on Narduzzi's coaching seat is definitely happening. I mean, there was all sorts of talk among fans online, of course, but even in the papers, I saw Paul Zeiss even wrote uh, an article, Pam, about this, and he said something has to change with Narduzzi, but he didn't say what. And I think, you know, that that's, a, that's an interesting uh, take, is that a lot of people think something has to change, but what? Is it another shuffling of the offensive coordinator? Uh, I don't know. Uh, I would say no. Uh, is it uh, maybe uh, making another change when it comes to the, his staff, or maybe uh, a philosophy change? I don't. I don't think so. Even there, so you know, I would say Narduzzi's stubbornness this year bit Pitt real bad a couple of times, but it also you know benefits him because he's st- stuck to his guns and has built up a pretty damn good defense. But offensively. That's where the big questions lie. What moves does he make for the offense? I don't know, but I say you start with what we saw in this game in particular. Discipline. Get some discipline on offense because there were, it was nowhere on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, he stuck to his guns, and I personally think it cost them more games and helped them, but we can get into that at a later time. But what about recruiting better on the offensive side of the ball? I mean – we've seen now after a few years, like the defense they've recruited well on the defensive side, and that's been a priority and it paid off this year. Um, It'll be interesting to see the next few classes or guys that are on the team now, how they develop this offensive talent that's in there. And maybe they need some help on the offensive line as well. Well, they, they certainly do. Um, You know, there was a lot of changes this year and you look at, uh, a lot had to go right, and you look at like made like a game against Duke or a game against uh like Central Florida where they were scoring a lot of points, and we thought that this offense was going to turn out to be pretty good, and yet these last two weeks it was just awful, and and, and you got to really scratch your head like you know what what was different? It's it's hard it's hard to really really understand what what's uh what was going on here like what changed in between uh you know. 
through the season. Were other teams catching on? I don't know if Boston College did anything that was really that exotic on defense from what I see. Uh, But then, you know, some of the stuff that was helping them earlier in the year, uh, like guys like Vincent Davis, guys like Philippe Carter, uh, and yet in this game against Boston College, those guys were hardly anywhere to be found. You know, Vincent Davis uh, had, a, had a few touches, but uh, Valit Carter, I don't think he touched the ball at all. He barely even played. And, yeah. And, and, and I'd like to get your guys' opinion on this. Uh, you know, you talked about maybe a lack of talent. I mean, those are two of your most explosive players, yet they didn't play in this game for very much in this game for some reason. I, I, I'm just not getting that. Yeah, I don't think there was uh, a lack of talent when it comes to beating Boston College. You know, I, yeah. let's let's get that argument out of the way. Yes, Pitt, of course, you always need to recruit uh, better and get talented players. But when it comes to some of the losses Pitt had this year, they were talented enough to beat most of these teams. Honestly, to have the talent to go into Blacksburg and beat Bud Foster in his last game, you need something special. Okay, give him, a, give him the the negative knock there in terms of recruiting offensively, but they had the guys to beat Boston college. They weren't utilized. You were missing one guy in action, but other guys were just totally absent. You didn't, you didn't. The thing about Whipple's offense I noticed this year was that that thing doesn't call for anybody to get forced the ball at all. And maybe that's, uh, that's detriment. Was that a detriment Pam? Because it was pretty freewheeling in terms of giving Kenny Pickett the option to decide who gets the ball and when in terms of instead of just, you know, making sure a guy like Valique Carter is getting the ball out in space. They did it a couple of times. You saw like when they fed him the ball at the end of the Duke game and that guy showed that he is a special player at times. They did it with Maurice French on occasion, but overall that was few and far between. I think they had the players talented enough to do stuff like that, but maybe that was the offensive philosophy, or maybe they just didn't step up. It's hard to say. Yeah, it's hard to say um, if they didn't step up or not. But I do like, at certain times, you have to feed certain people the ball if there's a matchup you want to exploit. That's why you scout and do all that. So I do think maybe that needs to change. Not all the time and not forcing it and, you know, um, over forcing it to a certain guy and then causing turnovers. But if you have a guy that is able to run through people, give him the ball, have a bell cow back back there and just plow through people and take over games. So maybe that's something off the offense they need to change a little bit. And, and I think they did try, you know, they may have tried, but that they aban- kept abandoning it. I, I realized that, but you know, you know, obviously they, uh, you know, they're, at times they were able to get some things going in this game with AJ Davis and then just fumbled the ball away. And, and you got to think, you know, if they didn't fumble this, uh, that's one instance. Well, I'm just saying they had, that's four, one instance. He's turnovers. been very good. He's very good. Uh, and, and I thought, he, I think he's played well all year. Um, but they had, you know, I'm not saying just him. He's not the only one that, that, uh, dropped the ball in this game, but, you know, if they didn't have these four turnovers, I think Pitt wins this game pretty easily because there were sub, uh, several of those turnovers on their own half of the field, and defense was even able to hold them the field goals. You got to think Boston College's, yeah, they, yeah, they ran for 260 yards in this game, but I don't think they would have had that even that much success uh, had it not been for the takeaways that they had. Uh, you know, I'm. The more I think about it, the more I got to put this loss squarely on these turnovers. I understand Pitt did not play a perfect game uh, in any other other facet of it, uh, but I think that was you know the most killer thing that happened. In this yeah, game. because they lost the time of possession, thirty-five to twenty-five. That's significant for an offense like Pitt, um, where at times it's not like a one-strike offense, a big splash play offense. Um, occasionally you saw it. So having the time of possession is very key. And that turnover, those constant turnovers just had them lose that battle as yeah. well. Well, I'll say this. At least Pitt's going bowling because now they get the extra practices. And yep. strength and conditioning are a must because the red zone offense especially is just horrible. It was bad all year long. <laughs> The discipline, I think, is tops, and then you put number two, red zone offense, strength and conditioning, the push up front. Got to get running backs stronger, 
fallen forward more. And of course that offensive line needs to, needs to really pick it up next year. And, uh, you know, th- this game was, I just, this game was so painfully a microcosm of the entire season in terms of everything that went wrong for a team that damn it could have had 10 wins. No joke. And they, they did this on the graphic for the, for the, uh, the ESPN broadcast, I mean, last year, Pitt, and this year, the 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 margin of Pitt being a 10-win team versus what it actually ended up being, it was so, so minor, but the little things two years now have gotten the Panthers uh, into media, shoved them into mediocrity when they could have been considered maybe one of the best 25-20 teams in the country. Yeah, that's been that's been the story all, all too often uh, over the last couple of decades uh, um, when it comes to this team. And we'll next week we'll be talking uh, kind of our review of the season and uh, what uh, what we thought of the Panthers and, and what they got to do better come the come the off season uh, in, in order to have a, a much better twenty twenty season in review next week. Uh... Real quick, do you have a bowl game you prefer, Vince? Uh, I don't know if I have one that I prefer. Uh, whatever one is the most winnable, I guess, is what I got to say. You know, I'll, we'll, we'll talk about this when we talk about bowls uh, uh, and, and, the, and the bowl game matchup that Pitt's going to have. You know, I, I'm of the opinion that these are just glorified exhibition games hasn't our juicy ever won a bowl game he has not okay and, and, i didn't think so and i i'm all for treating this like an exhibition game most of the time but this year you know with the with the finish that this team had and what could have been i think winning this last game winning this bowl game is going to be so very very important uh more important than ever uh so they that this is a game that they got to have I'd say outside of the uh, the whoever's in the college football playoff and coaching wise, no coach needs to win their bowl game more than Pat Narduzzi. Is that hyper? <laughs> is that hyper bowl there, Pam? I think it's a little bit of a hyper bowl, <laughs> but I mean they need to go out on a positive note. Well, let's uh, let's hope they do wherever they go. I'm going to say just in terms of what I want to see bowl wise, three words: we want Texas. And I'll leave it at that. And unless you you got anything bowl wise in terms of hopes and dreams, Pam. Uh, no. I just hope it's not raining. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> a lot of people believe Pitt doesn't play well in the rain. So if you want to Pitt win, and some people <laughs> out there don't think Pitt plays well in the rain, so hopefully it doesn't rain. All right. Well, we'll have our season in review next week. We'll know where Pitt's bowling. And we'll get back to some more uh, of the reaction to that Boston College game in terms of uh, what people were saying on the Pitternet in just a moment. But real quick, let's go to some of the other sports on campus. Pitt men's hoops is rolling. I, I, I mean, I think I'm going out on a limb. Not that much, but this is like the best week for Pitt basketball I could remember in that I can remember. Quite frankly, Vince, it's been great. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. After get, after that embarrassing loss against West Virginia, uh, this team has turned around. They've they've beaten three Power Five teams in the non conference. I understand that they may not be the the most formidable competition, but they're they're Power Five teams and wins nonetheless. They won the Fort Myers Classic over Kansas State and Northwestern, and then defeated Rutgers last night of this live on tape program. Uh, in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Um, some of these games, not the prettiest, but uh, specifically last night against Rutgers, uh, this team's getting better and better, uh, specifically Xavier Johnson. I really liked his play at the point guard position, Pam. Uh, something that they he struggled with, I thought, earlier in the season. Uh, too many turnovers, difficult distributing the ball, uh, but starting to really pick up his game. Yeah, he's starting to learn how to play with uh, – the guys around him and they're really starting to gel here as a team. Um, but the one thing I noticed looking at the the stats and watching the game last night against Rutgers is 
Jeff Capel is really tightening up the rotations a little bit here. Only seven guys played um, last night against Rutgers, which means, um, you know, just getting the same guys, a lot of experience playing together. You had uh, Murphy and Johnson both had 38 minutes, so they almost played the whole game there. Um, and you'd like to see that continue down the stretch um, as they – not down the stretch, as they open ACC play coming up here. I mean, I know they had that weird Florida State. Reopen. Game, <laughs> yeah, Reopen, re- yeah. Like they paused, <laughs> yeah. and now they're reopening against Louisville again on Friday night. Yeah, Xavier Johnson, it's, it's a work in progress. I still think turning the ball over a little bit too much, but – you're, you're also getting him, you know, grinding on the defensive side of the ball, getting rebounds to pit guards were like getting after the boards against Rutgers. And also, dude needs to hit some free throws, too. I, I mean, he's he's got to up that percentage and I'm sure it will go up But right now. He's kind of at his his low point uh, in that regard. And, and you know, I like the, the tighter lineup too, Pam, like you brought up. I like seeing Hamilton out there a little bit more. I like. And I'm just, I'm just so happy that Pitt's finally also starting to shoot the ball better because that's how they're gonna be in games. You you qu- cannot win w- with the the low post players you have in terms of talent and size unless you shoot the ball well. And you know Pitt's shooting a little bit better over the past week, and I I'm seeing Murphy's also got a mid range game out, out of nowhere the past two games too, Vince. And if that keeps up, who knows against Louisville, maybe they'll keep it within 10. <laughs> I, I don't know about that, <laughs> uh, but it, they have shot much better. Uh, and, and uh, the, these uh, you alluded to a little bit, the rebounding uh, from the guards, but also the big guys too. Uh, they've won the rebounding battle in all three uh, of these matchups, Pam. Uh, and they're really only playing three big guys down there. Uh, Champagny, Brown, and Eric Hamilton. I don't know if this is the guy that uh, the big man that Pittsburgh has been singing for uh, all, all these years, but but uh, you know these guys are are making an impact down here. They're you know they're not you know doing everything for the team, but they're not losing the game for them uh, these past couple weeks. I'm going to correct you a little bit here. They did not win the rebounding battle against Rutgers. Oh, they did not? No. It was slight. Rutgers had 40 rebounds. Pitt had 33. Um, But it seemed like it because our guards were doing well, um, getting crashed in the boards there. And this game came down to shooting and turnovers. Pitt had played a lot cleaner game of Rutgers, so maybe they didn't need to win the rebounding battle in this game against Rutgers, but they do play Louisville Friday night, the number one ranked team. And after Louisville, then they, they start to, it's like another pause in the ACC schedule. They play Northern Illinois, Binghamton, Canisius college. So um, another test for them uh, on Friday night against Louisville and Louisville number one team just beat Michigan um, last night as well. That game was on before the pick game. Yeah, and they they beat them wire to wire just about. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know they're a team that you know they got uh, a team that Pitt always struggles with uh, because of their style of play. Did uh, they win last year against them? I do want to say that they did. Um, that was yeah, that was their biggest win of like the that decade. Was a, a huge upset. Yeah. They, traditionally, they st- they struggle with them uh, mainly because of the style of play, uh, the pressing. Um, and I think without a, without, you know, really good point guard and ball handling, uh, this, this is a tough team to beat. Uh, so I, I do, and only playing seven guys. I mean, Louisville's probably got the ability to go much deeper than that. Uh, this is going to be a tall order for the Panthers. Uh, I don't see them winning this game, oh, no. but uh, it would be good to see them at least be competitive here. Uh, then they're going to have three easier games before they open up uh, the new year. Uh, uh, Wake Forest, I believe, is the the next conference game. I think that's January fourth, Allen. Actually, wow, uh, against Wake Forest, big game. Um, yeah, so uh, you know they're after here. The schedule is going to get a little bit easier, and they're going to have to just build on it and stack as many as many wins as they can because once they get into the heart of that ACC schedule, there are going to be no days off. Oh, absolutely not! That January fourth is it's gonna be, it's gonna be hype. Pit, Pit, uh, the Pit basketball team has a lot of uh, youth and energy. Jeff Capel's har- harnessing it. 
uh, all across the country, anywhere you read about Pitt basketball, people are already praising the job he's doing. And let's hope it continues. If they even compete with Louisville, you could expect more of the same. And maybe for that to even get ramped up, Pitt looking like a bubble team as of now. And we'll see how it continues uh, as the meat of the season uh, gets underway here shortly. What about thoughts on the alternate jerseys before we move on to, to uh, the rest of athletics? Pam, did you like the black and yellow, black and yellow? I like the black and yellow. The big P wasn't my favorite. I kind of understand it, but... It was a little too big. Um, I liked it as a one-time thing. I hope they don't go back to it this year, maybe again next year. Once a year, they need to do that, maybe. Yeah, I think it's a, a good as a one-off. But, uh, yeah, that, that P, like you said, you understood why they were trying to do that. Uh, but it just didn't... It didn't look right with a number or something. Yeah, I don't know. It, it yeah, I, I think it, it. I think it could have been... I'm not sure what I would have put on the front. I'd have to consult a Jersey expert. But, uh, but I think something different there. It would have looked much better. Still I, good though. I love the P, and I love the I. I would have loved it to just say Pit and have the full script. That's probably what you should yeah. put there. But in black, yeah. That's I loved them. Yeah. I I thought it was really cool. The crowd looked great too. Mixing matched in with them. The the Oakland Zoo. Here's what you do though. This was cool to see at the zoo. But why don't we bring back the city game? Both Pit and Duquesne wear black and yellow during that game that would be spectacular that's actually a very good idea yeah it is (laughs) and half ppg paints in yellow half in black depending on the year they alternate what colors they wear every year and every and you and then you've got a really good shot at recruiting every good baller that ever comes out of the whippeal if you're pit and duquesne if you do that it's it's all about that really those those choices are all about luring players in to show them that you're a fun at you have a fun atmosphere you do different things it also gets you know the city excited and i thought that was a really good marketing ploy by the pit basketball team um this isn't a marketing ploy though when it comes to volleyball they're just damn good and ready to just i think crush in the tournament number six overall pam as uh the big tourney gets underway yeah um I feel like they're in a very tough bracket doing my volleyball research here. They're in the Stanford bracket, and then they also have a potential matchup with Penn Penn State in the Sweet 16. Yes, rematch. Yeah, an interesting stat I saw. Stanford and Penn State both have the most NCAA women's volleyball titles, and they're in the same bracket as well. So it's a a tough bracket, but Pitt hosts the first two rounds – um, they play Howard on December 6th, and then they play, um, hopefully, the winner of Cincinnati versus VCU against VCU. And then if they can make it to the end, they'll be uh, playing at PPG Paints where the national championship is uh, is at. We watched the selection show live and a little disappointed with pit volleyball seating, but they're, they're ready. They've proven they can play with anyone in the country and can beat anyone in the, the country. You could come out and say it. They got hosed here with, with their with their seed. You know, by all accounts, uh, you know, you know, this is a team ranked number two in the country by the Associated Press. Won the yet ACC, they're, they're, and yet they're uh, a number six overall seed. Uh, I know only one loss on the year, which was a uh, a match that I believe went to the fifth and final set uh, against Penn State. Uh, a team that they had swept, you know, just a few day, days prior. Uh, so that's that's a little d- disheartening there. And then putting them with Penn State, yeah, uh, and uh, in the same region as a good Stanford team too. Uh, it seems like they got they did get hosed a little bit here. But I I got a lot of faith in these Panthers. They've mm-hmm. been shown a lot of fight all year. They haven't backed down from any challenges. Uh, so I'm sure that they're they're just chomping at the bit to get out there uh, December sixth. This Friday against Howard at the Peterson Event Center. Got to watch it. Got to support them. And as Pam said, uh, Pitt's going to be in it against whoever they play. So I, I look at it th- at this this way. Stanford and Penn State have to be saying, "Are you kidding me? We got mm-hmm. these great. Se- we got good seeds. We got we got Pitt in our bracket. This is not fair." So they're looking at it the same way. Group of death, you could call that. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. immediately what I thought. Yep, that's going well, down. You know what they- Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Hey, you know what they say, Alan, to be the woman, 
you got to beat the woman. So that's what that's what it's all going to come down here. You're going to have to beat a good team at some point. Pitt women's volleyball, you have to watch it, have to support it. Starting against Hired, and it'll be streaming on ESPN and uh, all throughout the tournament. Make sure you follow because they're going the distance, baby. All right, last here, check in uh, with the team on campus. It's the Pitt women's basketball team, Pam. And, well, as of the day this show comes out, later in the evening, uh, they've got that uh, team from the middle of the state, and it's uh, it's going to be a good one. Yeah, it's going to be – both teams are kind of in the same, same position, both young teams rebuilding. Mm-hmm. Yep. One thing to point out here for – Penn State, uh, note for Whippeal fans, is McKenna Marissa from Peters Township High School will be playing for Penn State. She was the PA 6A Player of the Year, took Peters Township to the state championship and won, um, very highly recruited. And so any Peters Township fans or Whippeal fans are familiar with this name. So she um, will be playing for Penn State this year and has been playing in uh, – they can watch her against Pitt. Um, so they play them today, Thursday, the day this podcast comes out. And then they play Stony Brook on Sunday. Um, and then they have a break until after finals. But just to recap what's been going on with the women's team, they had a tough loss, blowout loss against Ohio. Did not play well defensively there in the Daytona Beach Invitational. But then they rebounded to win against Ole Miss uh, 58-50 um, just a day later. And – Ole Miss, while they're not predicted to finish towards the top of the SEC by any stretch, it's still an SEC team. Pitt beat SEC um, by some stretch, by some people's account, is the best women's basketball conference. I would put them up there from top to bottom as the best. Pac-12 might be a little top heavier, but I still think SEC from top to bottom is the best conference. And they came out and they played Ole Miss really well defensively. Um, Coach White said after the game it was the most complete game they played this year. And Amber Brown's really stepping up for the Panthers. Another double-double, rebounding down there. Um, Bug did well. And all in all, they played a really complete game offensively and defensively defensively against Ole Miss. Yeah, Ole Miss, uh, to win a a low-scoring game against a team like that that is going to be very good at rebounding, tough, physicality that is just ex- extremely impressive outrounded out rebounded him 45 to 32 16 offensive rebounds uh th- this Ole Miss team this is a program in the past several years that has given you know, even the Tennessee Lady Vols trouble uh you know this is a a team that doesn't back down from anybody uh and to see the Panthers go in there that is one of the most impressive wins I think we've seen from this ball club in quite some time yeah I'd like to see them come back again against Penn State and um win again and put a few wins here together and I think they can do it against Penn State I really do I think they're both teams are in a similar position young trying to feel themselves out I believe Penn State has a new coach this year as well so I think it'll be a good challenge for the Panthers and I think they can be victorious against Penn State and then uh, finish up against Stony Brook and then come back uh, December 17th. Pitt women's basketball improving big win against an SEC foe and you gotta you gotta be hyped up anytime any team on campus is going to take on Penn State and that's Thursday so the evening this podcast has come out 7 p.m. Uh, check it out, of course, uh, Pitt Women's Hoops. We're going to be trying to get you, uh, hopefully, someone from the team on here. We've been reaching out to uh, the athletic department, and when the schedule is right, we're going to be getting uh, a representative from the team on here to talk about how things are going for Pitt Women's Basketball. And then also we'll be getting men's basketball guests and many more guests here uh, in the future uh, because we want to get uh, word straight from the source. Uh, on campus so look stay tuned for that here on the hell to pit podcast and uh let us know who you want us to talk to because we're not afraid to reach out to them and say hey come on the show it's a show by pit fans for pit fans you're at pit let's talk panthers hell to pit everybody all right let's go into what everyone is saying on the internet this this is uh my favorite segment but this week i have a feeling it might get a little dark pam 
Uh, I don't know what you were. I don't know what you were seeing, but what I was seeing wasn't fun to read. Uh, are you ready to go around and hail to pit online? Oh yeah. Here we go. It's time to hit the pitternet. Can you explain what internet is? I hear there's rumors on the uh, internets, and to all those faceless keyboard warriors on Twitter. But we're a good darn football team. I'm proud of these guys. All right, this one's from PMizzle88 on Panther Lair, who said, quote, I will not attend another game as long as Nardizzi is head coach. This team is undisciplined, poorly coached, and a disgrace. I'm ashamed to say I am a Pitt fan. Ooh. To all Narduzzi loyalists, have at it. I don't care. This team is the Titanic, and keeping him is simply rearranging the deck chairs as it's plunging into the Atlantic. My goodness, this is this is just panic at the disco. Who found this gem? I, I saw that one, and, and I, I really didn't like what I read there. First of all, Pitt's in the coastal, not the Atlantic. <laughs> um, so I, I'm not too concerned about that. Um, it, it, uh, giving, giving up on this team is, is just uh, is just ridiculous. You know, this this is a long process here. Um, a lot of damage has been done to, to this team at the early part of the decade, uh, and it's taken a while. Yeah, we just didn't we didn't quite get there uh, this year, but I think there's still a lot to improve on. There's a lot to be excited about. Uh, so, so, you know, reading that stuff, you know, shortly after uh, a loss like that at the end of the season is just uh, it's hurtful to read. I mean, this. I'll tell you what, P. Mizzle eighty-eight. I wouldn't want to go into a foxhole with you or any anywhere where there's danger. You look like you tuck your tail between your legs and go running wherever. <laughs> Jeez, oh man, what a panicker! Oh my goodness. All right, let's let's go to this next one at I am Spilly on Twitter, who said college football is dumb. You play three games against teams you consider consider auto wins, can't play regional rivals because both are afraid of losing, play until Thanksgiving, then wait a month and play one game in a half-empty stadium sponsored by a regional chicken joint, or, and it goes on. Uh, or Pam, the Army. Or the Army. <laughs> Pam, you found this, and uh, I, I think this sums up uh, uh, what a Pitt fan might be feeling in terms of, uh, medi- the the feeling of mediocrity and and nothing matters maybe at this point of year. Yeah, the one thing I will say I do agree with is not being able to play rivals. I don't know how you guys felt, but watching Pitt play Boston College last weekend when you had the Iron Bowl and all these other great rivalries, even like Georgia Georgia Tech. I mean Georgia yeah. dominates that, but still like it's a rivalry that means something. All these other teams. Play out of conference games, Clemson, South Carolina that last weekend. And I, I agreed with that. I mean, I do think uh, he makes a little bit of a jump uh, saying that it's a half-empty stadium sponsored by Original Chicken Joint. I mean, I don't think there's any Bojangles Bowls. I mean, that would be great. But well, the there, chicken bowl. There's a, I think there's a Chick-fil-A. The Peach Bowl's Chick-fil-A, isn't it? Yeah, but that's not regional, though. Chick-fil-A is a national brand. <laughs> yeah. The, come to the Primanis Bowl. I don't know if that... <laughs> yeah. You laugh, but I'm, I'm sure that's being that's been proposed. Uh, <laughs> which would be... You know, they're expanding a lot over the country. I was looking that up recently. <laughs> We're not uh, going to have a Primanis Bowl until Pitt gets a stadium on campus. <laughs> uh, well, the, the, I'll say this. You know, this... Uh, you know, if you're talking about Pitt or, or even, uh, yeah, probably, you know, this was a, a very accurate <laughs> um, uh, post, in my opinion. So I didn't have too much of a problem. Yeah, I can't argue with that. That kind of sums it up. Um, it's it is that th- those are things that are OK to be frustrated with this next one, though. Not so much. This one is from a Reddit post that was can we please pull the plug on Narduzzi? That was the headline, and this is from Alvarez09, user on Reddit, on Pit Panther Reddit, who said, I took a lot of flack last week when I criticized Narduzzi and suggested Pitt move on. However, a 4-4 ACC record is 100% unacceptable. I know it won't happen, but I wish there was another out for Pitt. 
Okay, the last part is is true. It won't happen, and there, we all wish there was a way Pitt could find a guaranteed path to being better than mediocre in the ACC. But pulling the plug on Narduzzi would be catastrophic, and that's where we get to that point in the show where we approach that subject a little bit because I have to tell you, I'm not an, an Narduzzi apologist. I'm, I think I made it pretty clear how boneheaded I thought some of the decisions were over the course of the season as we chronicled this entire football season with you on the podcast. But if you pull the plug on a guy like that, that's what we're – Really stupid college football fans, quite frankly, uh, don't realize what this sport is all about. And it's all about two things, either money or consistency and grinding at it. And if you don't have the money, you just got to grind at it. And the fact that Narduzzi has had to have a start and stop with all these offensive coordinators over the years is detrimental to his building a program and recruiting. It all all goes hand in hand. Who wants to go play for it? Go ahead, Pam. Part of it's his own doing, though, with these offensive coordinators. Not Matt Canada. Not Matt Canada. The last two OCs, this year's OC, if you want to say that's Narduzzi's fault, I'm still giving Whipple time. That's a whole new system. you got to have a guy for more than one year. Yeah, but he. it seems like he's also had falling out with some of these offensive coordinators, too. Well, the, well, Matt Canada left because he was offered the world at LSU, right. and who could have blamed right. him? Matt- no, no one blames and, him. And Jim Chaney, you know, he, he was left and hired by the Georgia Bulldogs. I don't think he uh, was going to be asked back, though. Well, it may, it may not have been, but don't tell me he's a, you know, a bad offensive coordinator. I, I'd say Sean yeah, Watson was not a yeah, was Sean not Watson. a good hire. I, I guess it remains to be seen. I, I think the jury's still out on, uh, on Coach Whipple. But, you know, you talk about, you know, he had, a, he had by all accounts, a very good defense this year. We saw when he had Matt Canada, he had a very good offense. Yes, there was uh, good play calling, but if you look at some of the personnel he had on that team, it was much better than what he has now. So, you know, I think it's just a matter of putting all this together uh, and and having a good offense and a good defense in the same year. And uh, we're going to be talking recruiting a lot uh, coming up. Uh, in the next couple weeks as we get towards this early signing period. And I think there's a lot to like about these uh, this pit recruiting class here. I thought there was a lot to like about it last year, and it takes some time to get those guys in the system uh, and get them matured and get them ready to play. Uh, but I think, you know, in terms of recruiting players, it looks like he's on the right track, uh, and I think we just got to give him a little bit more time. And when I know we live in an instant gratification society, but when you're the Pitt Panthers and not the LSU Tigers, money is an issue. So unless you want to donate a billion dollars to Heather Like and give that to her war chest to go out and do something, uh, Pat Narduzzi needs to be given the ability to grind away and work out his own deficiencies, work out his team's deficiencies, recruit hard and put a full effort into this. And you can't ask anything more than that. And that's what the guy's given. He made some questionable calls throughout the season. We'll see how he adjusts to that. Pulling the plug would be chaotic. And uh, yeah, I'm sure we'll talk more about that next week when we do our football review. But a lot of the fire Narduzzi talk was rampant online, of course, after a loss like that to BC. And uh, we'd love to hear from you what you think on the subject. Everybody has an opinion when it comes to the heat check on Coach Nards at H2P Show. And uh, before we wrap up talking about a big weekend for college football teams playing for championships, uh, we do need to go around town, Vince. Yeah, uh, a lot of a lot of uh, uh, heated opinions, I'll say, after, after last week's game. Uh, Panthers still going to a bowl, but probably not the bowl they were hoping for. Another Saturday coming, and the Panthers are playing. Time to find out what the answers are saying. Pitt don't deserve to even go to no bowl game in that. Yeah, you know, the furthest south they should be going is down Shawleroy, maybe even Bentleyville. Hey, you put up your Christmas lights yet? Nah, I'm waiting till a nice day. Hail to Pitt. What the answers are saying. That's what the Inzers are saying. Uh, 
uh, we'll find out this Sunday where the, where the Panthers are going to be going bowling. Uh, a lot still to be decided around the whole world of college football, Alan. Uh, we got the, the last rankings before the conference championship games, and there it looks like there still could be some shakeups to come. Oh, college football, don't you dare be sour. We don't need to wait for some computer to tell us who's the best teams. We've got an actual tournament underway, and I, I count this as a playoff week because it essentially is. These are playing games into the college football playoff, a thing that we could only hope to do in video games about 10 years ago, Vince. Yeah, yeah, this is this is new ground. Uh, you know, we went from voting to a two-team playoff, to a four-team playoff. And now, like you said, Alan, this championship week, this is do or die for a lot of teams. Very exciting. It's beautiful. And, you know, the rankings, who cares? We know who the best teams are. We'll see how they shuffle around. What will be the big, uh, you know, debate and question? We can't argue about the who deserves the number four slider just yet because games get to be played this weekend. And then that's when we argue, and that's when the committee has the dubious task of figuring that out. But when it comes to the teams at the top, I I expect a lot of chalk this week, Pam. Yeah, I think Ohio State, um, I don't agree that with them as the number one team here, but um, I do think they're going to beat Wisconsin. They're a 16-point favorite, uh, number one ranked team. And I think... Uh, I definitely think they're going to stay number one, which I still think LSU should be number one because LSU's played a tougher schedule, but I guess the committee doesn't care what I think. <laughs> well, if LSU <laughs> beats Georgia, I mean, they you have to think. Do you think they'll, they'll jump them? They, they, they would be the team who beat the had the best or toughest schedule ever to get to a college football playoff. That has to count for something. They have to be able to get that game in Atlanta. It just makes too much sense. And I think it will happen if I they hope win. So I because I think that's the right thing. Yeah, LSU right now is seven point favorite against Georgia at the Westgate. Uh, they would have beaten Georgia, Alabama, Auburn, Florida, A&M. Texas, and Texas A and M. Uh, that's you know that's all half the, almost half the schedule of just you know really good teams. <laughs> it's insane. No team would have earned a national title more. I think I've said this before, more than LSU, if they end up winning it all this year with that schedule, with what they've done. It's been absolutely insane, and I'm I'm rooting for them. I'm flat out rooting for LSU to win it all because I want to see Coach O with that crystal ball in his hands at the end of the season. That that crystal ball in his leathery mitts, Pam. It's going to be a beautiful sight, I hope. But LSU-Georgia, the game of the week, and seven points seems like a lot to me. I think this is going to be a one-point game. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that. I guess I'm still picking LSU to win, but uh, uh, I I would pick Georgia to come within this number here despite uh, some uh, – Injuries at wide receiver and suspensions of wide receiver pain. Yeah, and DeAndre Swift's banged up banged too. Up, I think yep. Be, yep, he got banged up in that Georgia Tech game there. So um I think maybe that's why an LSU's well, Georgia's been solid all year. Um the past few games have gotten going early on, they looked a little sloppy. So I think maybe people are still thinking that. Um, but then we also have uh Oklahoma Baylor. Um, Oklahoma and Baylor are both in position to maybe jump up into that fourth spot if Georgia loses. I think we're all in agreement. If Georgia beats LSU and Clemson beats Virginia and Ohio State beats Wisconsin, there's your top four right there. Yeah, uh, as is with if Georgia wins, the top four are no. I'm, I oh, if Georgia wins, if Georgia wins, yeah, yeah if Georgia okay. wins, the the top four stays the same, and it's just going to probably shuffle a little bit, but. Utah, yeah. Oklahoma, Baylor are on the outskirts, so they're obviously all rooting for LSU to win. I got LSU winning forty-one to forty, just for the record. Wow. One point <laughs> in a high-scoring SEC affair, legendary game. It's going to top Alabama Auburn from last week, and I don't know how you do that with the greatest finish in football history. Uh, if if that if that's a score, I'm still going to pick Georgia to stay at number four, even though they lost. Really? You think? Yeah. Two lost Georgia over a one loss Big 12 or Pac 12 champion. 
can I, I'm going to give some context to Vince's ridiculous, this team should be in the playoff. Two years ago, he was making a case for USC to be in, and they were like 10th in the nation and had to drop, <laughs> jump like five teams. And he, he just was, likes chaos. For some, weeks, he kept talking about how USC should uh, be in. George, so I don't take Some men just want to see the world burn. Georgia, you know, they would have beaten Florida. They would have beaten Auburn. That South Carolina they, lost. They, they would have beaten Texas A&M. Uh, they would have beaten Notre Dame. They uh, have I, that South Carolina uh, loss. Okay. And Oklahoma, I mean, Oklahoma or Baylor, they would have one loss too. And Utah, their only loss is USC. And I make the case that that's a better loss than South Carolina. Okay, let's do it here. Let's make that, that distinction. We got a two-loss Georgia who loses to LSU. And we got a one-loss Utah champion. We got a one-loss Oklahoma champion. Who gets the fourth spot? Utah. I'm giving it to Georgia. I don't think that'll happen, but I, I think it should be Utah. My vote is for Oklahoma, and that's that just shows what? you how in, insanely difficult it's going to be for the committee because that's probably – What if it's Baylor? If it's Baylor, I – I'm, Utah I mean, would have to lose for it to be Baylor and I, Georgia. I think. Why? Because I think Utah's resume is a lot better than Baylor's. Um. Well, Baylor having the beating the team that beat them in their one loss, I think, looks pretty good. Uh, that that and you really only played one bad half against that team. Yeah, all season long. I think Baylor. All, their non-conference is a joke, though. That's right. But I, I is Utah's that great? No, but it's slightly better. Yeah. Utah's was pretty easy too. I, I, okay. I'm but, not based on the eye test. I, I'm gonna, yeah. It might depend how the games turn out, but honestly, uh, the U, the Utah defense as good as it is. I, I rather see one of the Big Twelve teams in the, in the uh, playoff than them. But um, it's tough. It's really that it's so close. It's gonna be one of the toughest decisions. I think the committee's had to make yet when that actually happens. Uh, maybe they're all rooting for Georgia to win. We'll see how those refs act in the SEC championship game too. Because an Ohio State LSU Clemson Georgia playoff would be highly entertaining. I'll give you that, Vince. I think those are the four best teams right now. Yikes. Two A two-loss team over two one-loss champions. How much can you if, – if a – if Georgia loses to an LSU in a close game, how much could you really penalize them losing to one of the top, you know, they're not penalizing them for that. They're penalizing them for that South Carolina loss. That's where you're mistaking. Yes. Huge penalty for losing to South Carolina, who is not a good team at home. Yeah. that That's an inexcusable loss. Inexcusable. But I think I think they're going to put up a fight. <laughs> I think they're going to put up a fight against LSU. I think we all do. What about Pac-12, Utah, Oregon? Do we all think Utah is going to take care of business here? Um, I, not necessarily. I mean, the, the Oregon offensive line. Here it is. Your moment. You're going up against the best front you're going to face, and you're, you know, in this big game, um, maybe you know Herbert finally has that game where he shows what the hype's all about, because I still haven't seen it all season long, quite frankly. But uh, I think it'll be uh, competitive, and I'm going to pick Oregon actually to win uh, by by wow. two points. I, li I like when it went down, I'm going to go with the team, I the offense I trust more than the really good defense in this in this environment. Oregon a six-and-a-half-point underdog right now at the Westgate. I, I, I look for this to be a very low-scoring game. Uh, and maybe Oregon to cover this game. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see, even if Utah does win and it's a low scoring, uh, you know, an unimpressive uh, victory, even though it's over a good Oregon team, you know, is that still enough to, to you know, keep them ahead of the Big 12 champion? I'm going to pick Utah as well, but I think, I think they're going to win by seven. I think they're going to win by one full touchdown here. Okay, real quick. What if Virginia or Wisconsin win? Then what happens? Then I think I think Ohio State stays in no matter what. I think Clemson drops out. Do you really? They don't want us in. You heard Dabo. They don't want them in. They got to win 300 games in a row just to get if in. They, if they would drop Clem, Clemson out 
Oh my goodness. I'm just telling you what I think would happen. I don't agree with it, but I think they drop them out. Because I think they look at the ACC as a terrible conference. They they do. Uh, Clemson's just looks so good. I know they're a 29 point favorite. Uh, uh, they're going to take care of business. Oh, they, yeah, they are. I mean, I think they're the I think they're the best team right now with the way they're playing. Can I say uh, something real quick? I'm cutting you off. I hope, I hope that it's not LSU two and Clemson three. I hope they don't play in the semifinals. That is what the national championship game should be. You got to think that whoever Buckeye you know, fans come at me, I L- don't care. LSU and Ohio State, those teams got to be shaking in their boots if they end up as that number two team. I don't think anybody, you know, neither of them want that uh, because that's going. Then you got to go up against two really, good, you know, really elite teams as a, as opposed to maybe just one. I mean, I I think whoever draws. Uh, Whoever draws the college football playoff is in for a good game. I think we're going to see two great semifinal games. Yeah. I, this is yeah. really even, even matchups. All I mean, this with no Alabama in there, I just can't pick a blow. <laughs> with, I, I can't pick a team to get blown out in the college football playoff when we get there. But we have championship weekend first, and that's a de facto playoffs, if you ask me. Real quick, Vince, as we wind down. What about Army Navy? That that's uh, that'll be the following week, um, uh, and I'm I'm very excited for that for that game. Uh, we'll be giving our opinions on it next week. Yes, we will. Plus, Pitt football season review. We'll know where Pitt's bowling. We'll react to the co- college football playoff being set, and uh, we'll of course do our check in with you on the Pitternet and uh, how hoops are doing and. Where volleyball is doing in the tournament, Pam. Yeah, I can't wait to see uh, the volleyball team start their journey for the championship. Rock and roll, everybody. Thank you so much for subscribing to the show. Please leave a review. Tell any Pitt fans you know about the program. And uh, get involved at H2P Show on Twitter and Instagram. I forget anything there, Pam, or can we head off into the this championship weekend? We're all going to get together and have a great weekend watching those games. Yeah, can't wait. Hell to pit. Hell to pit. Hell to pit, everybody.